Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here's your host, director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I thank you guys so much for joining us once again. Uh, I have Greg Baker, who has been at the mission for 36, 37 years, and his mom was there many years before that. I got the extreme opportunity to uh, get to meet and know his mom, not real well, but I got to communicate and talk to her with her several times and visit her in the hospital several times when she was there. And of course, I've known Greg for the last 17 years. And as a matter of fact, uh, Greg was on vacation when I took over, and my the rumor was he was planning on not coming back. But I, I talked him into coming back, and he's been there ever since. So say hello to everybody, Gregory. Hi, everybody. And so uh, his his ride at the mission, and just recap real quick, if you don't mind, Mr. Greg, uh, what was your first assignment that you had to do at the mission? Uh, I counted money that uh, people donated, and uh, then I went on to pick up coin banks that were out in stores, and then I worked in the office for a while, and now I answer phones. He answers phones right now. He's done batches. He also was the assistant to our financial guy, Chris, when Chris was with us. And so Greg has worn many hats, and he's always been willing to do whatever he's asked to do. And I, like everything else, you start off and you're faithful in little and then uh, other things you're faithful in. Greg has, and I'm not trying to let any cats out of the bag, but Greg has had some health problems over the last few years, uh, and yet uh, he tries to do the very best he can on the job uh, whenever he is there. Is that correct, Gregory? Yes, sir. Okay. And uh, let me ask you something. You've been at the mission all these years. Why is it that you, you know, maybe didn't just try to go somewhere else? I I want to live for God, and I want God to be seen in me, and people can see a difference between me and what they're living. I want them to be able to know that I am a follower of God and to follow what I'm doing. Now, I've had to overcome some things uh, with Greg, like the fact that he will take a perfectly good steak and and cook it until it's charcoal black, which is beyond my understanding. <laughs> but in other things, Greg is faithful, and he is he is a mix a mixture. Sometimes uh, he can be the first guy out of the gate if you have trouble, uh, and I really mean this. You know, it's not just something I'm saying. Uh, when my mother-in-law died, when my father-in-law died, he was there. He would have been there when Olga died. He he has been there for other people who have lost members uh, at the mission. And so I know what I'm talking about. I, I, I know Greg pretty well over all these years. And so, Greg, uh, 
I guess one of the reasons that you had said that you want to serve God, that you want to do those things, well, why do you want to serve God? I mean, to do that, you need to be a Christian, right? Yes, and you, living for God, it's a moral thing that you want, you want to have people notice that you are doing the right thing and not the thing that you want to do. It's what is the thing that is right. Yeah, many people are are confused by the fact that, you know, that the Bible tells us to do th- your acts of good deeds in in secret, you know, and then turns around and says, do your good works before men that they might glorify your Father in heaven. And the key is in that phrase, and glorify your Father in heaven. If you do your works of righteousness out in public so people will praise you, oh, isn't he a wonderful person? Hasn't he done so much? Then you've already got your reward, and that's what the Bible tells us. But the reciprocal of that is true. If my heart is at a place where what I want to do is I want to honor and glorify God, and I want to do this good work, and I don't care if you think I'm doing okay. All I want to do is point the way to Jesus, and then that makes both those statements true all at the same time, does it not, Greg? Yes. And besides, I love Jesus, and I want to do what Jesus wants me to do. And that is the key right there. So when you do an act of righteousness and you are doing it for God because you love God, because you want him to be glorified, then you have fulfilled that. You, you are doing your acts of righteousness not before men to get credit, but before men so they glorify your Father in heaven, and that's the difference. Everything is a matter of mindset of, of what is your motivation when you do something. You know, if you're giving your money to the church and you're really resenting it, then you're not giving with the right motivation, and you probably shouldn't. Every pastor right now is cringing that I said that. But I have given very few tithing messages, and I think I believe in tithing, and I believe that you should be tithing to your local church, which brings up the topic that sometimes we'll get calls, huh, Greg, that yes. people say they want to tithe to the mission. What do we tell them about that? We tell them that to give to their local church before they give to the mission because yep. their local church has things and are doing things that we aren't doing. But we, the most important thing is to make sure that God is in it and your church is doing the right thing. If your church is not doing the right thing, then you look other way, other places. And then it's not that you just withhold your tithes. It's that you find a healthy, well-balanced, Bible-believing church, and then you take your tithes there. And what Greg is trying to get around to, and I've said to many people, is do we want your, your, your gifts and your donations? Absolutely. We couldn't do what we do if we didn't get them. Here's the bottom line, though. We are an arm of the church, but we are not the church. And so if you are out there and you don't have a church and you just want to give us some money, I get it, and I appreciate the fact you want to do it, but you're going to hear the same thing from me. 
you need to be tithing to your church and donating to us as a whatever terminology you want to use, a love offering or whatever you want to call, or because God has convicted your heart. But you need to tithe to your local church. And if you're tithing and resenting it, again, I'm going to remind you, I've given very few tithing sermons over the years, but there's a huge blessing when you tithe. And I'm not talking about uh, if I give $100, I get $1,000 back. I'm I'm not going there at all. I don't even believe that at all. But there is still a huge blessing in obedience, is there not, Greg? Oh, God. Look, God is always there, and he will lead you in the right direction, the way he wants you to go. And it, it could be money. It could be other things he might put in your life that it could be another person. But God knows and God will lead you in the right direction. Yeah, and to Greg's point, let's say that you are a multi-multi-millionaire. You got a billion dollars in the bank. Well, I guess you wouldn't have it in the bank, but you have a billion dollars at your access. And you've decided, you know what? I've got a billion dollars, so I'm going to give $100 million, that's 10% of a billion, to the church. That's wonderful. But my question to you then is, you're not going to feel that. That's not going to hurt you any. You got $900 million left. You're not going to be suffering. But how about your time? How about 10% of your time? How about you tithe your time, your talent, your treasure as well? And so you have talent that maybe nobody else does. Why don't you donate some of that time to the church or to a, and do some of the things that, that need to be done? Listen, Churches all the time are coming down to the Union Gospel Mission on their night to deliver a gospel message. I used to come down for years and years and years on the fourth Saturday with Bell Road Baptist Church, who still comes down uh, on that, that fourth Saturday. And you know what? When you drive an hour to get someplace on a Saturday night, you don't always feel like going. But I can tell you that being there was always the next day at church made it wonderful. Uh, Greg, you've had to donate a lot of time over the years. Do you do you feel, even if it didn't come back financially, that there was still profit to it? Oh, for sure, because I'm just amazed at what God has put in my life. It might not all be money. That's right. Or it might not be uh, anything having to do with uh, the things that I want. Oh, uh, monet- I mean, uh, physical items. Yeah. But God is there, and he'll lead me and show me what he wants me to do and let me live for him. Amen. And and that's the key. Listen, some of the greatest treasures. Greg was just asking me about this because I was listening to the phone message from a friend of mine uh, who, uh, her husband, who is a dear close friend of mine, is is very close to going home to be with the Lord. And and so you know, I, I want to make sure that I'm there. Uh, so that's beside the point. 
the bottom line comes down to the fact that he was commenting on the fact that as I was going through the messages, my son said, hi, Dad, it's just Sean. And he said it like three or four times because I hadn't erased the messages. Well, the sweet part is that um, my son and my daughter call me every single day. My other daughter, you know, I just came over from their house. We had a barbecue and stuff. So one of the things that is an amazing part of life is when you have people surrounding you with that kind of love, care, and consideration. And that includes friends, right, Gregory? Yes. I, I've got people that I have known for years, and— uh, I uh, I I go to their church sometimes, and the person that I'm talking about I've known since first grade, and uh, the well, only... you were in first grade. He wasn't. He was too. Oh, I thought you were talking about his father, Dick. No, no, he, <laughs> he was too, and uh, we uh, we get together, and uh, and he is so good in his church, and. God, God is leading and directing him. You know, yeah. you can say his name and the church. <laughs> uh, it's Bible Fellowship Baptist Church, but uh, I'm going to leave That's that fine. alone. Well, their pastor, uh, they used to be Downtown Baptist, right? Well, no. Bible Fellowship Baptist Church is uh, Pastor Blankenship. Oh, Okay. But uh, uh, Downtown Baptist Church is Mr. Hedger. Dick Hedger. But you've known him since you were like in third grade too, right? Yes. And uh, I just had lunch with Dick the other day, and he is a lovely man, and his son Joel was with him. And uh, Joel was uh, seems like a very nice man too. Having said that, there's one thing I do need to do before we get through the program, and that's last week we talked about a couple of hymns, and one of those hymns was Amazing Grace, and I pointed out that Amazing Grace was written by John Newton, and John Newton was a slave ship captain and a drunk and a womanizer and all those kind of things that, and trust me, slave ship captains were on the very bottom of the barrel of respect for anybody. Even if you didn't oppose slavery, they knew that you were at the bottom of the barrel. But John Newton came to saving knowledge of Jesus Christ, and God, not wanting to leave him halfway, caused him to become an abolitionist, a preacher of the gospel, a a man filled with God's own righteousness, because that's how it is. Jesus saves us, and then he imputes his righteousness to us. And so I was telling Greg about that and you guys, but I said there was another one, uh, and it's, it is well with my soul. And we've all sung it. We, you know, it's in every Baptist hymnal at least. And I don't know, and Greg, you said you weren't really sure where, what the story was behind it? Yes. Well, in case you guys don't know, it, it brings tears to my eyes because— the man that wrote that song was back at port, and their their ship, his daughters and his wife were on a ship, I believe headed for England, and he was in the United States. And if I've gotten that part mixed up, I apologize. But the 
The crux of this story doesn't lie in the destination. Somewhere in the middle of that trip, the, the, the ship sank. And when, she, when they got to port, his wife wired him a letter, or an, uh, it wasn't a text either, it was, a, <laughs> it was a, a wire, and said, saved alone. And by that, she meant she was saved, but her, their daughters had perished in the, in the sinking of the ship. Now, when he wrote that song, he was on his way to meet his wife. He had booked passage, and he was headed across the ocean. And when he got to the very spot where his daughters had perished, he wrote that beautiful hymn, It Is Well With My Soul. And if you read the words to It Is Well With My Soul, it is a, a tribute to a man who has given his life to Christ and knows that even when the very worst thing could possibly happen to him, the loss of his children, it was still well with his soul because through the tears and the anguish and the suffering, there is a joy that goes beyond all understanding that comes directly from the Holy Spirit. And I know you've experienced that, Gregory. Yes. Uh, with the loss of your mom and your dad, and uh, the times that you feel lonely and the times that you've had a health crisis and the times that you have done those things. And, and I wanted to point out something that I'm not trying to talk out of school, but I wanted to point out something about Greg. Uh, Greg has had health problems, and I, I don't think you are trying to hide any of that. He's had a stroke a, a while ago, and he has done a remarkably well since then. He has diabetes, and it has been a plague to him. But uh, Greg, before all of this happened, there was a guy that worked at the mission who knew Greg and knew us and all that kind of stuff, and it actually was his supervisor at one time. He was extremely diabetic and did not always manage his insulin very well. He was type 1 and had been for like 65, 70 years. And so... Back then, they didn't expect him to live beyond 30 years. Okay, now here's why I'm telling you this story. Sometimes he would take the insulin and forget to eat, and he'd be in a coma. And Greg would try to get a hold of him, and when he couldn't get a hold of him, he used to drive over to his house, and he's had to break into his house several times. He's now gone home to be with the Lord, but at the time, Greg would would truthfully, sacrificially try to get into the apartment. And, and I am certain that many times uh, Chris would have just already gone home had Greg not been prompted by the Holy Spirit and a good heart to go and check on Chris. That's pretty much true, is it not, Gregory? Yes. Um, i done a few things like that, but... Uh, Chris was my friend, so I, I would uh, do whatever I could to keep him alive. And just, uh, I know God took him home, and he's in a better place now. Well, and you know, it's not just then either, because uh, Greg also uh, 
Whenever Olga, because of her MS, she had broken her wrist, she had broken her ankle. She had done uh, many things like that. And so uh, Greg always tried to come up to the hospital if, you know, if he could and did those things. And and certainly uh, he was there, for, as I said last week, for my mother-in-law, my father-in-law when, when they uh, both passed away. And uh, Greg has been there for many other people who have lost uh, loved ones. And certainly he would have been there with Olga, excepting that it was during COVID and we could only have uh, like 13 people at the grave site and we couldn't do a memorial service. And of course, every time I've mentioned it, I bring up a friend of mine, Robert Briggs of Emmanuel Baptist Church, because in a heartbeat, in the in just a moment, uh, he made sure he came up to do the graveside service. I couldn't have done it. I was uh, I just, I couldn't have done it. And yet Robert did. He preached the gospel message. He was honoring and kind and loving, and and he didn't hold back any punches, but he wasn't, he wasn't trying to be anything but the Christian pastor he is. So if you go to Emmanuel Baptist know that Robert Briggs is somebody I have the deepest of respect for. So, Gregory, is there anything that your mom specifically taught you that you carry with you today? To be myself, to be the person that she taught me to be, and that was a God-loving person. Mm-hmm. And I believe she absolutely was that. Uh, she was very sweet. <laughs> Greg is not sweet, but <laughs> but but he is he is good. He is a good person who loves God, and I know that. Um, I've always laughed because uh, they had this unique relationship. He and his mom, <laughs> and. She would argue with him, and he would argue with her, but it was all it was all in the name of love, right, Gregory? Oh, I would like to have things done my way, and she'd like to have things done her way. And it ended up that we'd do it her way because she was my mother. Well, and you know what, guys and gals out there, <laughs> if you've got mothers— you need to respect them, right? <laughs> yes. And if you are mothers, you need to love your children and build into them that that faithfulness to God. Because guess what? The first evangelist a child ever hears is a Christian mom or dad telling them about the love of Jesus. Right, Gregory? Yes. And uh. you know what? They might ignore you, but... You know, eventually train up a child in the way that he should go or she should go. And when they are old, they will not depart. It doesn't mean there may not be a long time in between. We have about 40 seconds left. Greg, do you want to say anything to the donors and to our listeners? I'm so glad that you were able to hear me on the radio. Uh, and I love everybody that gives to the mission. And remember... God first. Be, do what God tells you to do and live for him. You know what? It's all summed up by what Tom Landry said. 
Love God first, family second, and football third. And so until we meet again, may God hold you in the palm of his hand. listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.